Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Hey, we're glad you're here today for a great day. It's Vision Sunday. It's Baptism Sunday. And I'm thankful that you chose to spend part of your Sunday here with us. Any Sunday that you choose to do so, it means a lot to us because you could do anything you wanted to today, and we recognize that. So thanks for those of you that are in person. Thanks to those of you that have chosen to watch online. And if you are watching online, but you can join us in person, we would invite you to come and join us in person. There is just nothing like being in the room together and worshiping, lifting up the name of Jesus in this space together. And so I'm thankful that you've chosen to spend part of your day with us. It's already been a fantastic day, and I'm believing even for greater things here in this service today. Uh, you know, here's, here's the thing about Baptism Sunday. You just never quite know what you're going to get. We had some really powerful baptisms in the first service. Uh, we've got some scheduled in this service, and, and we always give you the opportunity. I'm going to tell you again at the end of the service, but as I was praying just a minute ago before I came up, we always give you the opportunity whenever we do baptism that even if you didn't plan to get baptized when you showed up, if you want to be baptized, we want to baptize you. So right now, just start thinking, like, today's my day, and I don't have any clothes to change into. We'll help you take care of that. I didn't bring a towel. We'll help you take care of that. Like, maybe you already know through the worship time, and I believe that there may be somebody in the room that God's already started doing something in your heart and your life. You think today's the day for you to go public with what God has done in your heart and in your life. And in just a little bit, we want to celebrate with you, uh, and I'm excited for that. Today is Vision Sunday, and really this comes out of a heart for us every fall to be able to look back and then look ahead. Uh, the first pastor that I ever worked for in ministry, he called it reflections and projections. You reflect and you project. You look back, you look ahead. And I love that idea. I try to do that pretty regularly. Maybe you do as well. Maybe you think about those kinds of things on a semi-regular basis. And, and if not, I would encourage you to do that. But maybe just taking kind of inventory today, this kind of spurs something in your heart to do that personally, because today's not just about the church. And, and as I was thinking about 2020, I recognize 2020 has been kind of a unique year, uh, to say the least, right? And so I get that this has been you know, a unique year. And maybe you would say this has been a terrible, terrible year. Maybe you'd say, hey, it's not really been terrible for me personally. Like it has been bad, but maybe, maybe as you take inventory for you, you recognize there's been some tough times, but maybe you haven't personally been impacted the way that others have. And that's fair uh, as well. But as I think about us as a church, I recognize that the very first Sunday of the year in 2020 was when we changed our name to Generations Church. That's crazy because we've been talking about it for a long time. But really for us, we started this year with a brand new identity as we took on the name Generations Church. Prior to that, it was Canton Church. Prior to that, it was Mount Perrin North Canton Campus. We were a campus of a church in Marietta, which we celebrated even just a few weeks ago. And when we were separating from that church, even prior to that, we felt the Lord lay it on our heart that this place was to be a place for, for generations of faith, that faith, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, is for you, your children, and your children's children. It's not just for you, but it's for you to pass on. And maybe you say, well, I don't have children. That's okay, as long as you understand the principle that faith is not just for you. You can't just take it and hold it. We believe that you received faith, and you received the knowledge of who God is, and so now we take that and we pass it on to other people. We think that's important. And so we started the year as Generations Church, and then we jumped right into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And little did we realize every Monday through Friday morning at 6 a.m. when we gathered here at the church to pray, and many of us were fasting, and then every Saturday we came at 8 a.m. for some time of prayer, and then every Sunday morning during those three weeks we spent intentional time of prayer. Little did we realize that while we need God every year, that we were really going to need God this year. And some of us, we've just been holding to some things that God said in our hearts and did in our lives during those 21 days all year long. And so I'm thankful for that. 
And so as we walked through that, there were a lot of things that took place in January and then February, but we got to March and Friday the 13th, March 13th hit, and we got word that we would need to close our facility because we couldn't gather together with the numbers of people that would come to our services. And so Sunday, March the 15th was the first Sunday we ever streamed a service. Now, churches have been doing it for years. We had just never done it. It was in the plans for us when we moved into this space, but we had just never dedicated the resources or invested the time to do that well. And we we didn't want to do it if we couldn't do it well. So it was like, okay, you got to stream as of Sunday, March 15th, and you got 48 hours notice. And for those that were around during that season, those first few weeks of streaming were rough. I mean, it was, it was tough. Like I didn't even want to watch and I get it. So thanks for sticking it out with us. Uh, but every week we just made a commitment. Like we just want to get a little bit better just 1% better, 2% better. We just want to get a little bit better. And man, our team was amazing. They just continued to learn and they talked to churches that were doing it and had done it for years. And what can we learn? What can we do better? And so we, we did, and we invested some resources into it that we were planning to invest once we moved into this space. And so we then streamed for the next several months and we began to transition all of our ministries online. So we moved our G groups online. We moved our youth ministry online. We moved much of our kids ministry online for that season. And so we were trying to figure out how do we navigate this season to stay connected, even in the sense, even in the midst of a season where we can't gather together. And so then we were in this construction season that was happening all at the same time. And it was a little unique for us, maybe different even, even than other churches here in our community, as we tried to determine when will we reopen our facility. And as that became available to us, we had already renovated the space upstairs that we had. So trying to bring people back into that space that was now much smaller with kind of one single entrance and exit that we had already renovated for kids space, which is filled right now with children. It's like, how do we do that? So maybe we'll just link up our reopening to when we can open our new worship center downstairs. And so we did that. And COVID delays and supply chain delays and all of those things just continue to back it up and back it up. I, I think the season theme of the summer for me was just delay, delay, delay. That's how I felt like every week I was getting news like, oh, it's this Sunday. Oh, no, it's not this Sunday. Okay, it's next. Nope, it's not next Sunday either. Hey, oh, so it's going to be next month. Nope, maybe not next month. It was just delay delay. And all along the way, you just continued to be faithful. So many of you jumped into serving online. You were hosting online services and hosting watch parties, and you were jumping your groups online and trying to host people in that format. And you began to meet back together in smaller groups, perhaps. You jumped into serving in, in youth or kids online, and you were hosting different kind of things to try to gather them in relationship. And all along that way, it was just patience, patience, patience. And then we reopened and through that entire process, we began to complete this project, this construction project that we talked about last Vision Sunday, September the 15th of last fall. And we said to you then that our desire was to take on some short-term funding options, some short-term debt, because we have a guiding principle as a church not to take on long-term debt. So we said, hey, we're going to take on some short-term debt, about $700,000, and that way we can begin the process and complete the process. And many of us made pledges in that uh, time frame to over two years try to pay off the $700,000. And so you continue to give so faithfully. Many of you just every single week, even when we weren't gathering, you would give online. And some of you that really, really wanted to write a check moved to online giving and you're like, I don't know if this even feels biblical, but I'm going to do it. And you, you know, send us something there and, and you just gave so faithfully and so you allowed us to continue to fund the construction project. And during that time frame, yes, the debt, and we also were able to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars in additional expenses as a part of that season of time. This last week, 
we paid a $40,000 check, which is almost our very final, final payment because the elevator was completed, which is going to help moms and dads navigate the two levels of this building because all of our kids' ministries upstairs. And so we have just kind of the final punch list check at the very end. And so we paid that $40,000. The elevator, you can't ride it yet. Some of you have already tried. You can't ride it yet. We have to have the state inspector come and give us the, the sign off there. But we're excited because it's allowed us to kind of get into this space. And some of you are like, okay, well, that's awesome, but like we just kind of put a bunch of money into a space because somebody else, I guess, owns the building. But what we shared last Vision Sunday in September of last year is that when we were negotiating to move into this space, we said, hey, we don't want to move into another rental space and invest the resources to build this space out. And then eventually, when our lease expires, have to move into something else and build that out and renovate that and, and, and rent something else or buy something else. Like That doesn't make any sense, and we're called to be good stewards of God's resources, and so we're just not going to do that unless you, Mr. Landlord, who's an amazing guy, unless you'll give us an option to purchase the entire building. And initially he said no, and eventually he said yes, and so we negotiated with the help of the Lord through that process that when our current lease expires, which is in a little, about two and a half years or so, our lease expires, we now have the option to purchase this building for $3.9 million, which is below the market value here in our community for this type of facility. And you're like, wow, $3.9 million, that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, unless you can write a check today for $3.9 million, and we will gladly receive that later in our service today. No, so it's like 3.9 million. It's like, well, how are we going to get that money? Well, we shared with you last year as a reminder for those that have been with us on this journey for any length of time, that several years ago, a businessman woke up on a Friday morning and as he was doing his devotions. He had a piece of land about a mile and a half up Highway 5. It was 40 acres of property, and he felt the Lord lay it on his heart to give it to us as a church. That piece of property at that time was valued at 1.1 million. And currently, we are in a legal dispute with a neighboring landowner who has infringed on our property so that we can get it kind of free and clear, and then we can list it and sell it. To this point, we've spent about $40,000 this year in legal fees, and hopefully we're, we're nearing the end of that as we negotiate some, some closure to that process. But when that is completed, we will list and sell the property. It was recently, as a part of this dispute, valued at over $2.2 million. Praise God for that. We own it free and clear, outright as a gift and the generosity of this fellow brother in Christ. And we sell that, 2.2, we put those funds towards the purchase of this entire facility where potentially maybe we can even make some rental income from other tenants, or if God has continued to grow our ministry here and we need it, we would have access to all of the space here. Now you say, well, like, why are you telling me this? Like, this is great, or I've heard this before, or I don't really care, and I'm not really sure why you're telling me this. Well, there, there's a couple things that I want you to know. If I can be honest today, can I be honest? Everybody's good? Can I be honest? Other than the fact that I ate a lot of candy last night, which has nothing to do with this. It's just confession. Other than that, I just want to be honest with you that over the last few weeks and months is COVID and, and all of the unrest and all of the things that have taken place. Like there have been days when I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, God, well, I don't understand like, I was really confident last September 15th when I stood and declared, like, this is what God is saying to us. I was very confident. But there have been days in 2020 where I was not so confident. Like, March the 15th, it's like, you got to stream, and we don't know when you're going to gather back together. And I was like, I don't know, God. Like, this seems, I don't know. And then, like, July the 15th, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, you know what? That wasn't even God. I just ate something bad the night before. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't even know what I was thinking. I I just wasn't sure. And then over the last few weeks, there has been 
this sense that, no, I, I really do believe that God spoke this into our heart, and we confirmed it with the wisdom and counsel of many, and I can stand here today full of 100% confidence that what I believe God spoke to us last summer and into last fall and what we talked about last fall together, I believe that God will keep his word. We just sang that, that all of God's promises are yes and amen. And I'm thankful for that because sometimes we, we make promises and we want to keep those promises, but we don't hold the confidence in our own ability to be able to do that. But I'm thankful that we have confidence in who God is and what God has declared And this is what I said to you last September from Isaiah chapter 54, beginning in verse 2. It says this, it says, enlarge your house and build an addition. Spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not. Fear not. I've held on to that fear not for most of the past year or so. But this is not just some kind of proof text. Like, you can absolutely read the Bible and find a verse that you like that sounds right for what you want to do. You can do that. But we believe that this scripture was just kind of given to us as a part of a conversation where someone's really speaking a word over our lives and over our church. And so we took that. And I, anytime somebody says, hey, I've got a word for God, from God for you, I always take that. I receive that. I kind of set it to the side and I pray about it. God, God what are you saying? Like, how can I know this is you and not just someone who's really trying to honor you with, you know, with their time or their gifts? And so I set it to the side and I say, God, help me to understand. And so as Corey and I prayed about it, we really felt like, no, this, this feels right, what God is saying, that we should expand and we should take more territory. And, and that not just for this location, but for future locations that God may be wanting to us to, to open up Generations Church and other communities. It's like, okay, we, we took that and we, we went to our board of trustees who, who approve all of the financial decisions for us to borrow money and to expand our budget and all of those things. And, and when we presented it to them, they said, hey, we've got tons of questions. They asked those questions in the format that we always have. And it's like, hey, no, this, this feels right to us. We believe that this is what God is saying to our church in this season. We took this information to our elders and to our legacy makers in a number of meetings last fall. We presented this information in this passage of scripture and we said, hey, this is what, what we believe the Lord has spoken over us for this next season of ministry. And we presented it and we got the same feedback. No, this, this feels right to us. This is, this is what we believe God is calling us to and leading us to. And over the last year or so, I've been like, I don't, I mean, I, I thought and I believed and I hope and I, I'm, I think and I maybe and, but I believe without, beyond any shadow of a doubt today that God over the last few weeks has just been kind of cementing in my heart that all of his promises are yes and amen. That when God speaks it, you can take it to the bank. And I don't understand all of the dynamics. I don't understand everything that's taking place with expansion and land legal issues and building purchases and staff transitions, some foreseen and some unforeseen. I don't understand all of those dynamics, but I do recognize that God spoke. And when I heard it, I believed it and I hold to it. And as I listen over the last few weeks and months, all of the things that I've just described to you. I believe that God still has his hand on our church. And not just does he have his hand on our church, he's guiding our church. This is not my church, this is his church. This is not your church, this is his church. And because of that, I believe there are some of you today that you you could absolutely write a check today for the $40,000 check we wrote this week for the elevator. You could just write the check. Some of you, you've expressed it, we know You have the means, you've trusted God in this way. You could write the check for all or most of the $692,000 we're indebted right now. Our guiding principle is no debt. 
Not just no long-term debt. We will take on short-term debt to allow us to take on expansion opportunities. But our, our guiding principle is no debt because we want to take all of the funds that God provides to this ministry and reinvest them into ministry. To reinvest them into young people and children and groups and missions, both local and global. And we believe that God is leading us in that way. And so we want to pay off this debt as fast as humanly possible. Some of you, you made a pledge last September. We've got about 11 months left in this pledge season. And if you haven't made a pledge, I invite you to go to g.church, click on the give button, and go right there and join the capacity campaign. You say, well, I, don't, I can't write a $40,000 check. I can't write a $400,000 check, but I can write a $40 check. I can give every week $25 or $50 or $100 or every month, and I invite you to do that. All of us together accomplish what God is trying to accomplish here at Generations Church. But as we do this, it's not just about giving. It's not just about giving financially. It's about trusting God to be able to turn what he's trusting us with into ministry to help those in need. And even over this last few months, so 2020, as we've had hundreds of thousands of dollars of expenses and construction and other fixed costs, as we've had all of the things that we've tried to do, all of the delays and delays and delays and delays and delays, we've given away over $52,000 this year as a church. I thought you'd clap right there. That's okay. I mean, I just thought you'd celebrate what God was doing. $52,000 to our missions partners and to our denominational partnerships and to our legacy makers projects, $52,000, even in the midst of a season where we weren't sure and there was uncertainty and, and unknowns, we gave that money away because God was entrusting funds to us and allowing us to continue to do ministry to and for other people. And so we come, absolutely, go ahead, go ahead. And so as I, as I look ahead, it's like, okay, well, then, then what does the next year look like? What does 2021 look like? I, I don't know. I would love to tell you. I've been praying about it, asking the Lord to help me. I don't know all that 2021 may look like. I don't know what the next few weeks or even months may look like. But as I think about it, here's what I do know, that we will do in 2021 what God called us to do in 2020 and in 2019 and in 2018 to serve those and to reach those who are far from God and to help them take next steps in their relationship with God. It doesn't matter if you're new to a relationship with God or if you've been walking with the Lord a long time. We want, you, want to help you take your first or your next step in relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we believe we're called to. And we do that a couple of different ways here. We don't want you just to come to the church so you get to know me or you get to know our team. Or We want you to know God. We absolutely want you to know God. We want you to taste and see that the Lord is good, to experience his goodness and be able to know him, not just on an emotional level, but on a mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual level that God permeates who you are. And I recognize going from maybe where you are to that sounds like a daunting task, but just taking one step at a time, one day at a time to get to know God. We want you to find community. We believe that it's not good for man or woman to be alone, that God designed us to live in relationship, that life really is better together. And so we want you to find community. And so we want you in a group, and we want to help you facilitate relationships in a lot of different ways. And we want you to discover your purpose. We believe that you were created on purpose for a purpose. And so we have what we call Discovery Track. We talk about it every week. It may sound like a commercial because sometimes it is a commercial. But every single month, every single week of that month, we work through Discovery Track, where you discover your God-given purpose. This is the first Sunday of the month, which means it's the first week of the month, which means it's the first week of Discovery Track. You can go to the website, you can register, and Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, hop on and be a part of Discovery Track, which is still online right now. 
And just this month, just track Discovery Track and learn about who you are and who God has called you to be. And then we want you to make a difference. We don't want you just to take faith in for yourself so you feel good about yourself. Not about self-righteousness. We want you to take that and utilize what God has uniquely called and gifted you to be to make a difference in the lives of other people. Our heart isn't to build or buy more buildings. That's just a byproduct of the ministry and heart that we have to reach and serve more people. And so this last month, I've been talking to our team what God had really been working in my heart through the first part of this fall to really open my eyes to have spiritual conversations every single day. That I would wake up every morning and just pray the prayer, God, would you help me to just be sensitive to the people that I interact with today, people that I know, people that I know I will interact with, and people that I may not know. They're just going to serve me a meal, or they're going to you know, greet me in some store, or whatever it is. Like, Lord, would you just help me to be sensitive and to see them the way that you see them? And when I interact with them, when I come in contact with them, God, if, if that's the moment when you've already been working in their heart, and you just need me to help you know, plant a seed, or to water the seed that's already been planted by other conversations, God, I want to step into that. And so our team's been really every, just every day, all week long, just kind of, Lord, help us today. And some of them lead to invitations to come to church, here at the church. Sometimes they don't. It's just a spiritual conversation. But I believe that as I've opened my heart up to see people the way God sees them, that God has allowed me to interact with people that are hurting, that are searching, that just desire community, or they desire to know God. And I believe if you pray that prayer, Lord, I'm open today. I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll send people your way. But today's not just about our church. It's not just about buildings. It's not just about future locations. It's not about finances. I believe that Generations Church is you. It's your family. It's your purpose. It's your future. And I believe that God has a vision for you. And again, I said it up front. I know 2020 has kind of been weird. It's been like a unique year, right? And unique may be too mild for you. I don't know. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost loved ones to COVID or something else. Maybe you've lost relationships. Maybe you've lost a sense of purpose. Maybe you've lost a sense of fellowship with other people. Maybe you're just kind of spinning your wheels right now and you don't know, or maybe this hasn't been as bad a year for you as you hear in other people, and so you're just not really sure what that means and how you utilize maybe what it has done in your life. I ran across this quote this week, and, and I tried to find out who to, who to credit it to. It, it's kind of credited to a, a lot of different sources, and so I put unknown, but if you want to credit it to somebody, just credit it to me. That'll be fine. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Tough times never last, but tough people do. I think it's time for some of us just to get a little tougher. Now, I don't mean that you've not been walking through some tough things. I don't mean that you haven't been hurt. I don't mean that there aren't some things that really are sad and shouldn't cause pain in your life. But I do think that there is a a sense right now in my heart that some of us just need to kind of pick ourselves up and just be a little tougher and recognize that what we're walking through will not last But if we are made of the right things, if we're trusting the right person, that God will bring us through this. And on the other side of this, we're going to have an incredible story to tell. I've been reading recently the letter of 2 Corinthians. And I've been coming to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which is becoming one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I know that I have been saying that about a lot of chapters, but sue me. I think they're all great. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. This is the message paraphrase. This is what it says. It says, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. 
We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. Skipping to verse 16. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like the things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. If I could just speak to you for a moment and remind you that God has you. You're not held by the circumstances around you. You may feel like your enemies are at every turn, but God is in control of your life if you let him. If you give your life to him, he has a plan. He's working that plan. He's orchestrating that. He is writing the story of your life if you'll let him. And so if that's what I believe about me and if that's what I believe about you, then it brings me to this reality. I can't give up. I'm created for more. I have purpose. You have purpose. You have a future. So we don't sit and wait back. We, we take hold of that future, believing that God has more for us. Because here's what I know. If you are here today, whether you're in person or online, if you have breath in your lungs, God's not done with you. If you are living today on the earth, then God has a purpose and a destiny for your life. And I don't know necessarily what that purpose is. I'm not sure all that God may try to do in and through you, but I believe with full confidence and full conviction that if you don't give up, that if you allow God to do in you and through you what it is that he desires to do, that you will see incredible things come to pass. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I believe that all of us are just called to be a little tougher right now to trust God a little more than maybe we ever have before and quit reacting to all of the narratives that are going on around us, to quit believing the fear and the anxiety and the worry of all the things that people are trying to cause us to believe and to hold fast to the truth that God says about us, that we are who he says we are and that we can see the victory that's available to us, not because of our strength, not because of our power, not because of our gifts, but because the victory that's available to us is because of him, that there is no power greater than the power of God that was demonstrated through Jesus Christ on the cross and then at the resurrection from the tomb, that even death wasn't more powerful than him. So nothing that you are fighting right now, nothing that you are facing right now Nothing can overcome you if your victory is found in Christ alone. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 chapter that I told you is becoming one of my favorites. The apostle Paul was writing to the New Testament church. He was writing to the people of the city of Corinth. And he was reminding them not to give up. You know why? Because what we're facing today is not the first time in history that we faced adversity. Humanity has faced adversity over and over and over again because we are living in the battle of good versus evil. And we find ourselves in the midst of this battle, but we are not waiting to determine who wins. We know who wins. 
And so what we're trying to determine is whose side are you on? Which side have you chosen to align yourself with? I choose to align myself with the God who has ultimate victory, who's already declared that victory, who makes that victory available to me. I'm not trying to get to victory. I'm fighting from a place of victory. It's available to me. So, so I know it's tough. I know it's been a tough year. Somebody told me after the first service, these 12 months have felt like 12 years. I agree. And yet here's what I believe. I believe these last two months of the year could be the best two months you've ever lived in your whole life. Not because I'm some kind of name it and claim it guy, but I believe that that promise is throughout scripture. That if we pursue him and we chase him with all of our heart, that God will be found by us. That God will reveal himself to us. And that God will lead us and guide us and direct us into his paths for our life. And what happens is we often wait until January the 1st. And we decide that's the day. That's the day that we commit our lives to being better people, right? What happens is we eat so much between Christmas and New Year's that we decide, you know what? I don't need to eat so much next year. And we get to Christmas and we realize, man, we spent way too much money. You know, next year we need to spend less money. We need to save more money. We sit around rooms in relationship with other people and we recognize, you know what? There's value in these relationships. This next year, I wanna, I wanna be more intentional in the relationships that matter most to me. We said, this is the year that I changed my life. This is the year that I determined to be a better person. This is the year that I, I determined to make my priorities the right priorities. Why do we have to wait until January the 1st? It's November the 1st. Just commit today to be the person that God has called and ordained and uniquely gifted you to be. Set your priorities on the priorities of God's word and determine that your life is going to matter beyond yourself because your faith is not just for you. It is for your children and your children's children. There's somebody in your life and somebody in this world that needs to know what you have experienced. And so you tell that story with faith and confidence. Not to say, look what I have done, but to say, look what God has done in and through me. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is what I believe God has called you to be and called you to do. This is the vision that I believe God has for your life, that you would live beyond yourself for his sake and for his kingdom's sake because all the other things are temporary. Everything that we see with our eyes right now is temporary. All of these things that people would have us to believe, that they're the most important thing, they are not the most important thing. The only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is where does my trust lie? Where is my hope found today? For us as a church, for me as a follower of Jesus Christ and a husband to that woman and a father to these children that are throughout this building and as a pastor to this place, my heart is that I would pursue Jesus Christ with everything that I have. And that whatever the end of my days is, Whenever that day comes, a long, long time from now, because she'll get worried if I don't say that, a long, long time from now, unless the Lord comes back, that in that moment, I will know beyond any shadow of a doubt that I have poured out my life for his sake. I haven't held anything back for myself. I've given away every resource I possibly could for the sake of the expansion of the kingdom. I've used every gift that I possibly have, even those I'm uncomfortable with and insecure about. I've used every one of those gifts to let somebody know about the love of Jesus Christ. I said, God, it's not about me, it's about you. And so when people look to me, would they see you at work in me, declaring your purposes and declaring who you are to them? 
I believe if, if all of us today, in person, online, early service, later service, people that, that aren't even here today, they haven't even been here, but they're going to listen back at some point. If we would just say, God, would you start with me? Would you let me live my life that way? And we add it together and we multiply it together across all of the various places. And if there are other churches in our community, because it's not just our church, other churches in our community that are chasing after God with all of their heart and other churches in other regions and around the world as we lift up the name of Jesus Christ, this earth will change, but beyond that, eternity will be populated by more people in relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. We don't have to wait till January 1st. You can start today. You can start today. In just a moment, we're gonna baptize some folks. Here's what we believe about baptism. It is not what saves you. We believe that Jesus saves you. But we believe that baptism is the public demonstration, the public confession of what God has done in your heart privately. And there are some folks that already registered to be baptized in this service, but maybe today, and I said it earlier, maybe today you showed up and you didn't think today was your day, but today is your day. I'd love the honor to baptize you today. We'll help you get a t-shirt and a towel and you just drive home wet and that's okay. You can drive home and be like, look what the Lord has done. We'd love that chance. In just a moment, we're gonna pray. They're gonna sing a song. And if that's you today, you say, hey, I wanna be baptized. Or maybe you came as a family member with someone that was already registered. You can just go right out that door and meet us in the lobby and we're gonna prepare to baptize them in just a moment. God gives new life. He gives new life. And I don't know what you're walking through today. This isn't in the notes. It wasn't in the first service. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I told you when I walked on this stage, I believe some of you, you've decided today's your day. Today's your day. Why wait? Why wait? And if today's not your day, you've had another day at some other point in the past, what if you left this place and you looked for somebody today that it could be their day? You went to lunch and they weren't just somebody serving your table. They were somebody that God may have destined to cross your path. You went to a ball game later and it wasn't just a bunch of kids playing and an umpire that missed a call or two. It could have been somebody that God destined to cross your path today. You get up and you go to work tomorrow, whether you're in person or you're on some kind of digital platform. And they're not just somebody in a computer screen square and they're not just somebody in the cubicle next to you. They are the person that God has destined to cross your path that day. And they need to know the love of God and you have it. And it could be their day if we will surrender ourselves to God and say, God, it's not about my church. It's not about my fears and my worries and my gifts or lack of. It is about you. And I make myself available to you today. I'm gonna ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. If you would say to me today, Jeremy, for me, today's my day for salvation. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I'm far from God. And I don't want to leave like I came in. If that's you, whether you're in person or watching online, I just want you to lift your hand. I just want you to make that declaration today. 
you're watching online, maybe you drop that in the chat to let us know I am making the decision to follow Jesus Christ today. I'm going to pray for you. And now if you would say, Jeremy, for me, it's, it's not salvation. I, I just want to be a person of purpose. I want to be a person that allows God to use them, use gifts and use experiences and use relationships and use money, whatever I have. I just want to give it away for his kingdom purpose. I just want to keep saying yes to Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. If you're watching online, drop that in the chat. Let us know. We want to know how to pray for you. God, I thank you. I thank you that these are not speeches that we just memorize and recite. This is your word, active and alive. And it cuts through. And God, I pray that you would open our ears and open our hearts today to receive what you have for us. I thank you today, God, for everything that's been done, every song that's been sung, and every moment of transition and all the technology and people that have supported these moments. And God, now I thank you for those who've responded to say, I want to be saved. Forgive my sins and lead my life. God, would you do that now? Would you respond to them? Would you forgive them? We believe that you do, and we celebrate with heaven for decisions that are made just like this. And God, now I pray for those that lifted their hands and say, I want to be a person of purpose. I want to say yes over and over again to the Father, that he would use me in ways that I cannot imagine. God, help us to open our hearts and open our lives to how you would choose to work in and through us for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.